A tidy Tuesday evening to you, Anchornauts. Tonight we're talking about what every other person is talking about. Apple and their new iPhones, iPhone 8, 8 Plus, and of course, the iPhone 10. where's the 9? We're going to get into, as well, Nintendo re-releasing the NES Mini. The SNES Mini, of course, is coming out this fall. As well, I want to ask you about labors of love, the things that you do that you don't get paid for that you do because you absolutely love them. And last but certainly not least is the question of the day. I want to know, are you the kind of person that hangs up on people that waste your time, like telemarketers, banks, that sort of thing? Let me know. Without further ado, let's, let's get into it. All right, all right, Apple iPhone X. You all wanted it. We all wanted it. We clamored for it. We waited years for it. It finally got here. I guess it's called the iPhone 10. Forgive me for saying iPhone X. It is bezel-less. It has facial recognition. No more Touch ID, full screen, stereo sound, amazing camera photography. It's going to be an absolute game-changing iPhone, or so the media would tell you. Now, I'm a huge Apple fanboy. I'm excited for this phone. I think it's beautiful. I think it's going to do a lot of things that I've always wanted the iPhone to do, like fast charging and wireless charging and great photos and videos and it finally gets rid of this stupid bezel that I've always complained about. But in many ways, I feel like this phone is just catching up to its competitors. Like Samsung has been making amazing screen phones for a while, and whether you like iPhone or Android doesn't really matter to me, but it's hard to deny that those phones have come a long way, and they've been leading a lot of the innovations. And I don't really feel like... I don't really feel like Apple's leading this. I feel like this is a catch-up phone. And what I can't get past is how expensive this phone is for a catch-up phone. Like $1,000 US or up here it's $1,500 Canadian. That's a crazy amount of money for a phone that I can get from a different vendor that's almost exactly the same. Right? Like the Samsung Galaxy Note 8 is a really nice phone. Yeah, it runs Android instead of iOS. But is it really worth the price difference between the two? I don't think so. So up here in Canada, 1500 bucks, I can buy a MacBook Air or I can buy the iPhone 10. Because, I mean, no one's talking about the 8 or the 8, 8 Plus because who cares, right? Well, probably a lot of us will buy because it it's cheaper, but let's talk about the iPhone 10 versus the MacBook Air. But about the same price up here in Canada, which one has more utility to you? And this is where I would argue that the iPhone 10 actually does. And it is worth more, or it has a, a it's worth closer to the $1,500 than the MacBook Air would be. And the reason is you use your iPhone every day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's next to you in the bathroom while you sleep. I mean, it's sad to say it's next to us in the bathroom, but we know, we know it is. While you sleep, while you're at work, while you're driving, some of us, unfortunately. right? And when's your laptop with you? When you're watching the movie, surf the net, whatever. Your iPhone is probably worth more to you in terms of your personal time than your personal computer. To which I say... Yes, but maybe maybe the personal computer is overpriced for what it is. I mean, granted, they last way longer. Like my wife's MacBook Pro has lasted, I think it's on its eighth year now. I mean, the iPhone seems to go obsolete within three, so there's that to think about. But am I crazy in this? Are phones way overpriced now? Is Apple pushing way too hard for this, for a phone that is kind of a catch-up to every other phone? Or is it worth it to you? Are you going to go out and pay it? Because from what I've seen online, everyone only cares about the iPhone 10. That's all they want to buy. No one's talking 8 or 8 plus. It's all about the iPhone 10. I don't know. So fun fact, the Nintendo Switch is outselling the PS4 in Japan about two to one, given the same time frame. So the PS4 had about 600,000 units sold in the six months it was released for the first year. And 
the Switch has double that. Double! And that just kind of speaks to Nintendo's nostalgia because I don't think in any way that the Nintendo's developing a better system. You may disagree with me on that. But like the Xbox One and the the PS4 Pro and like all these VR systems that are coming out, I don't know how the Switch competes outside of, hey, we're going to release Mario Kart and Smash Brothers. And this is where, I mean, I agree with them. I grew up on Nintendo. So I had the NES, the SNES, the 64, the GameCube, the whole gamut. And when I heard the SNES Mini was coming out this fall, I lost my mind. And I missed the pre-order up here in Canada. And I was like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I'm going to end up paying like 200 bucks for this. But Nintendo's president came out and said, do not pay more money than this is actually worth. Which to me means he's going to release more. And he had a, a really honest statement that came out and said that they actually didn't anticipate the the demand for their console to be what it was. And it kind of, it hurt them a little bit to see that people paying 200 plus dollars for an NES Mini uh, last year. And so they're actually going to re-release the NES Mini in 2018, which is kind of cool for all of us who didn't get one. Because, I mean, if there's one that's out there for 60 to 80 bucks, I'll buy one, sure. I think it's 100 bucks if you're up here in Canada. But the SNES Mini is the one I want. And to know that it's going to be 100 bucks, and I do not need to pay more because they're going to increase the demand for it, or I guess the supply for it, uh, is really, it makes me calm and I can relax knowing that I'm not going to have to you know, pay through the nose around Christmas time because I really want to play that system. The SNES for me was the system that really, um, that's kind of when I, where I cut my teeth on video games. I was probably too young for the SNES, or the NES, but Super Nintendo was my jam. And knowing that it has Super Mario RPG and Zelda on there, uh, it's going to be some good nostalgia. And so I'll probably buy both. So thank you, Nintendo, for doing the right thing and increasing supply to meet all of our demands, and good luck in the future console wars. Do you have a labor of love? That's kind of a weird question, but do you have something that you commit to doing, kind of like I do this anchor show every night, and it doesn't pay the bills, but I enjoy doing it because it works on the things that I want to do. I want to be an announcer. I want to be able to be an MC or whatever it is. Do you have that in your life? A lot of people, it's like being artistic, or it's, you know, maybe you play video games. That, that can be a thing as well. I think we all need a labor of love. And I think the best part about labors of love is it kind of gives you the freedom to fail sometimes. Right? In our, in our daily jobs, we're so stressed out about making mistakes that it can kind of consume us sometimes. But when it comes to our labor of love, we kind of switch our mindset around a little bit. And we're like, well, you know what? I'm just learning this. I'm just trying to have fun. So I'm, I'm going to experiment and have some fun. And so one of my labors of love is the Justin Gregg show. It's this Facebook live show that my business partner and I do every Tuesday night. And tonight, this is Tuesday night, we launched season two on Facebook live and it was an absolute disaster in so many ways. Like the, the, the audio was off, we, the stream dropped and you know what? It was still a really, really good show. And I'm not saying that because I actually think it was per se, but I actually, the, the feedback from everyone else I heard was, you know what? It was funny. It was better. It was going to be fine. And we actually didn't lose most of our audience through the entire thing. And I guess it's kind of funny that labors of love give us the freedom to continue to do this sort of stuff. Because if I was getting paid to do this show, I would feel way different now than I would be if I didn't get paid. And I guess I'm not. But it's weird how a paid gig or our job set these expectations on us of like, oh no, you can't fail. You can't actually learn. You have to be the best at it all the time. And I wonder for all you bosses out there, if there's a way to, to reframe how people do their jobs and say, listen, you are expected to know this much, but we also want you to learn 
all this sort of stuff too and almost set ourselves up to allow our employees and ourselves to fail at things, to get better and learn because that's the only way you're going to learn. Question of the day is, are you the kind of person that hangs up on people when they're wasting your time? And the typical victims are the telemarketers, or if in my case, is the banks. And now, the reason I ask this question is because I want to. I want to be able to slam the phone down when a bank calls me and says, hey, did you know that you need insurance for your insurance? True story, that actually happened. But I, but I don't. I don't have the courage to do the right thing and just say, hey, stop calling me. Stop calling me. Leave me alone. And, and I don't know where, where you get that from. So if you're the kind of person that says, you know what? Get bent. I don't need you to waste my time. I need you to call into the show and tell me what you do or how you got to be the way you are. Because I need this skill. Because I waste my time. If you call me right now, I will probably answer the phone if it's a number from anywhere in the world and allow you to waste my time. In fact, there was a time where someone called me and I was on the phone for half an hour with them. And I committed, I committed to going to some seminar with them to say, hey, you know what? I will do this. Email me. It'll be amazing. And I'm, I'm lying. I'm straight up lying to these people, wasting their time as they waste my time. And it's, not, it's just such a bad, it's a bad situation all the way around. So I need your help. Let me know what you do to get the courage or the mindset or the perspective to say, listen, I don't need to listen to this. I'm going to hang up. It doesn't have to be rude. It doesn't have to be like an attacking sort of manner. But I'm, I'm going to hang up the phone because this is not in either of our best interests. Help me out. That's tonight's show. Thanks for listening. You could have been anywhere in the world, but you chose to be here. And that means a lot to me. If this is your first time listening to The Dipstick, I appreciate it. Give me your feedback. I hope to see you tomorrow. We're doing this each and every single day, including weekends. Why? Because, well, we love it and we want to get better at it. So, uh, My name's Greg. Thanks for tuning in. I will see you tomorrow night. Toodaloo for now.